stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Ah, uh, this is Craig Moore. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. All right, Janet, it's always nice to really mix up who we bring on this show. And this week, we've got a new player on the team. We do. And that is something that we did talk about. We were hoping to do more of for our second year of the show is to bring in some new players so that people can hear different voices and a different viewpoint. And that is who we have here today is Mr. Brandon Werner, who is our Casper District wildlife biologist. Welcome, Brandon. Hi there. Thanks for having me. So as Janet was saying, I'm the Casper wildlife biologist. I'm pretty new in this position, just started in January been with the Game and Fish for six years, working in Jackson and Pinedale, Dubois, and all over the state. You're, you're not actually new to Game and Fish. You're just new to the area and kind of what you're doing. And your job really has some pretty cool parts to it. Absolutely. I'm pretty fortunate. Um, you know, a main part of my job is to set hunting seasons for the next year and to see how herd health is with our animals. So that's what we're looking to do coming up here in this week. So you're the guy. <laughs> That's exactly it. If there's any complaints, Brandon's phone number is 307. No, you know, it's it's one of those deals, Drew, that we talk a lot about how we determine those seasons and the number of licenses that we issue. And this week is a prime week for gathering a lot of that data. And this is also a time of year where the Casper Regional Office gets a ton of questions from the public because we people will hear the helicopter coming into our parking lot and landing and taking off and landing. And they do this oftentimes at very early morning hours, which always kind of makes some people a little bit upset. But also if you're out in the country, you might see a helicopter flying a little bit low, um, looking for um, some deer to classify. So I'll let Brandon kind of talk a little bit about what that means and what they do and, and where we go from there. So having this helicopter in the air flying relatively low is for very important reasons. And those reasons are to get our, our buck to doe ratios and our fawn to doe ratios. And these ratios help us determine how the overall herd health is. If we have a high fawn to doe ratio, then we know that there was really good fawn production this year. And that moving forward, we could potentially have more deer on the landscape, which the deer herds around Casper are struggling. Um, they're about 50% of where we want them to be. So getting this information is really critical. Now getting our buck to doe ratios is all also really critical because it helps us set the hunting seasons for the next years. We have these thresholds that we set and when we start getting under these thresholds, we get a little concerned that we don't have enough bucks on the landscape that we would want to have a good quality hunting experience and enough to have good herd health. If for example, when we have more bucks Per, per does than we really need on the landscape, we can also up our harvest 
um, which allows sportsmen to get out into the field. How does the helicopter help you determine what those ratios are? The helicopter is a very, very important tool for us because it lets us get a, a top shelf seat where we're looking down and we're seeing these deer. So we're flying really low to the ground and we do kind of scatter the deer a little bit so we can see what our uh, fawns are, what our does are, and then we can actually get close enough. We can see what we call our class one, two, and three bucks. So the class three bucks are the bigger ones, and then the class one bucks are the lower ones. So, so this, this aerial view really helps us get a good look at these deer. So why is this time of year so important? Because the, the deer are rutting right now. It's breeding season for the deer. So the bucks are with the does right now, and they're the easiest to classify as right now of any other time in the year. But it is pretty critical for us to make sure that we have the, the most accurate science behind our, our data. So now that the information's out there, everybody should know now that it's not to spy on hunters or to cause issues. It really is to help hunters for the next seasons. That's exactly what it's for. And and we try our very best to, to not interfere with any livestock on the landscape. You know, we still have some elk seasons going on in the area. So we do our best to not interrupt any elk hunting that's going on or anything like that. Um, however, while we're up in the air, if we do get an opportunity to classify a herd of elk where we're up there and, and save some money, we'll do that too. Awesome. Brandon, Janet, hang tight. We want to hear more about aerial counting of the deer in the area from uh, helicopters. It's coming up on Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Wyoming to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Welcome back. Hey there, it's Drew, Janet, and Brandon with me today. Brandon, one of the biologists that goes up in a helicopter, you may have seen it, may have heard it, and helps make the count of the uh, mule deer in the area. Now, this program really is important. It really is. And, and one of the things that's happened, Drew, with technology is, you know, in the olden days, it was these guys in a helicopter or a fixed wing airplane and a counter, and they would count everything that they saw at that time. And now with technology, we're getting a little bit better. We can actually film it. And so we do the video. So they do the counts while they're in the air, but they also have a video recording of what they've seen. And so we can go back and just verify everything. And so our, our data is just a lot more accurate than it used to be. And it is, you know, I'm glad that you brought up all the conspiracy theories. It is very important to let people know that that, that isn't something that, that we're trying to do. If the guys are in the air and they're looking around and they do see vehicles that might be still out hunting elk or, or anything along those lines, they do try to avoid those areas. And But it is really important for the future. And, and like um, Brandon mentioned, our deer herds right now are struggling in some areas. And so we do want to make sure that that we can do what we can to um, provide the best possible license issuance recommendations next year during our season setting meetings as possible. As the eye in the sky, what's the experience like for you to, to get up and be able to float around and, and see all these deer in their element? It, it's amazing. It truly is. Just the deer are out there. And getting to see from above them what habitats they're selecting, getting to see the bucks with the does and right now during the breeding season, it is an absolute incredible thing. And I'm very fortunate to get to do this. 
I've never been in the the bird, so I don't get to to relay what I have seen because I just throw up all over. So they won't <laughs> let me anywhere near it. But it is one of those deals where you can the landscape that you are watching, and and Brandon says the habitat that the mule deer are using is really always encouraging and enlightening. You know, oh goodness, we're seeing them in a stand of mountain mahoganies in the middle of winter. Maybe we need to do more habitat habitat restoration in this area. And so there's a lot more that goes into it than just counting the deer. But it is it is so neat to hear everyone come back from these experiences because everyone is jazzed up. Everybody is super encouraged by what they've seen. Some of them like me are still stumbling around the parking lot, but it is really a, a neat experience and, and something that, that we're really glad that we, we have the opportunity to help us with our science. When you're up that high, how do you actually make it count? I mean, are you going like one deer, two deer, one buck, two buck? So we, we break it down. Typically, there's two game and fish employees and the pilot in the helicopter, and we kind of break it down. So we have one employee is going to count the fawns, and then the other employee is going to count how many bucks and the different cl antler classifications that we were talking about, the one, twos, and threes. And then we add those to, together, and the pilot counts the overall deer numbers. And then whatever's in between gets our doe numbers because there's typically more does on the landscape than there are bucks and there are fawns. So we just use whatever the pilot counts for the total number of deer to add them together. Wow. So it, it is really uh, quite the equation that is put there. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Which is exactly why just the average Joe <laughs> can't be, uh, you know, biologist for game and fish. You got to know what you're doing. You have to have enough fingers to count all those deer. That's really the skill where it comes in. But it is, it is, it's neat to hear, um, you know, what they see and how encouraged they are or discouraged they are by the, the numbers and the populations and, and, uh, definitely go to wgft.wild.gov. You can find out more information about this program, find out about careers if you're into that. Uh, and well, Brandon, it's nice that uh, you finally got on and we were able to grab you for a quick minute. Really happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Drew. Get in hunting outdoors. My country, 95.5. Well, Thanksgiving's behind us. That means Christmas is just weeks away. I was thinking leftovers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if you have a good Thanksgiving, you've got leftovers for at least a week. That's right. <laughs> I mean, and then that, that's one of the best parts about it. And you guys had a great three-day sale here for Black Friday and the Black Friday weekend. And uh, matter of fact, you guys have a lot of stuff going to kind of lead into the Christmas shopping season. Yeah, really, it just kind of kicks off the the season, right? Now, now you're now you're asking all your kids, oh, what do you want for Christmas? And starting to think about, okay, well, did we break a fishing pole over the summer? Maybe I need to replace a fishing pole and try to try to find some way to surprise that that sportsman in your life. You know what I I really like about Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is all of the camping gear. You guys have anything you need from from mats to pillows and and all the utensils you need. Yeah, those little Coleman road trips, you know, so you can like throw it in the back of your car and it come, comes up on its own little stand you can be out there whether you're tailgating or picnicking or yeah. just you know a weekend camp trip uh yeah the we've really we really tried to expand on a lot of that stuff i mean people are getting out a little bit more and and god there's so many good areas in the area to, to go camping whether it's castor mountain or any of the lakes or ponds or blm land or uh 
why stay home? Well, you know, we always talk about if you don't have anything to do in Wyoming, you're not looking hard enough, right? That's There's correct. always something going, no matter the time. And, and ice fishing is, uh, some areas are already getting some ice, and we're you know going to be rocking here and before you know it. So uh, the ice fishing section is really full. Yeah, and it's a it's it's a great way to surprise people because you know they might have you know been have maybe they had an old gas auger for all their life you know and you know and with all this battery operated stuff some of the technology is just phenomenal so now these guys can carry augers and not have to worry about mixing fuel and getting their hands stinky and getting on the meadows and the baits oh, and, yeah. and uh, these uh, forty volt lithium batteries are you know doing well in in sixty to eighty holes you know uh, uh, for an ice fishing trip so. When you come here and you, you check out all the great items in Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, you know, I, I think about uh, the guys and gals that are looking forward to spring already and getting out on their boat, and maybe they need new electronics. I mean, that would be a great time to get something for that at Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's always it's always a little bit easier to find some of those electronic items during the off-season, and uh, obviously we have quite a bit of off-season coming up. So, you know, if you see that new graph and you just want to, you know, get it so you can, you know, heat up that garage and you pull the boat in and, and do some re-rigging and get things organized, uh, you know, it's a good time to do that. One of my favorite things about the holidays is a mom and dad that buys their kid their first twenty-two mm-hmm. or shotgun, and you guys have great selection of crickets here. Oh, boy. we I, I don't even know how many different... Uh, models we have but or colors and shapes i mean there's there's so many different ones and uh savage makes that little rascal and uh both are just great little 22s for first timers and uh, obviously you got a uh, 22 ammo to go right along with that and that's something that that you do have if you want to plink around a lot of 22 ammo it's still the cheapest form of entertainment for the, the shooting yeah. world anyways and you know there's a lot of a lot of adults that you know are just kind of going into more of the precision you know lo- longer range stuff you know and instead of shooting that tin can at you know 10 and 20 yards you know they're trying to you know see if they can shoot 150 200 yards it's a it's a lot of fun to get out and, and do that and, and maybe you're looking for that new rifle whatever it is get out here and check it out uh the sales will continue because it's always a sale here at rocky mountain discount sports filming hooking and hunting outdoors on my country 95.5 so, Brian, over the Thanksgiving trip, I uh, took a trip back and spent some time with my dad. And uh, when I was a, a kid, my grandpa, one of the first things he ever bought me was a BB gun. The next thing was a twenty two. Right. Uh, so, you know, I would, so I still have the twenty two that I got when I was nine. Right. Uh, so I went out and I used it to do some uh, rabbit hunting this uh, this past week. That's kind of the progression, you know. I mean, everybody has a twenty two. Yeah. Then, you know, then you go to the... You might you might progress into like a shotgun, right? You know, a twenty gauge or four ten yeah. or something. Single shot, you know, the break open ones we always oh, yeah. have. Yeah, H and R partners. The, this uh, <laughs> my twenty two. It's it's got the uh, the pull back one single shot. Yeah. You know, it's a, just a pop, and you know, I missed quite a bit because you know it's <laughs> twenty two, and you the rabbit's moving and whatever. But, but but it's a lot less expensive for mom and dad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somehow they put it all on me now. Right. I, I don't get that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it was fun to to get out and and do that kind 
kind of hunting and that that small game is really something that probably gets looked over a little bit this time of year especially with a lot of the larger games still in session yeah you know i mean obviously rabbit season is, is pretty popular but I think we have more people that are chasing, you know, coyotes than anything else. Right. And they, uh, was it last weekend they had the coyote yeah. calling contest? Yeah, and- the state championship last weekend. So, um, you know, this cold weather gets those gets those critters moving. And so whether you're, uh, you're out there, you know, chasing them during the day or, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going to thermals and using thermals on those coyotes at, in the evenings. Um Kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of an interesting uh, scenario. It, it really puts a, an, an extra spin on it when you're mm-hmm. going out with the thermal imaging. Yeah, I've seen some videos of some guys doing some stuff, and it's just—I mean, it's pretty crazy when you're thinking that this is, you know, eleven, twelve, one o'clock in the morning type of stuff, and and the, these coyotes are you, you with those thermals, you can see them as clean, clear as day. And what uh, what kind of uh, a, a shot will you have? Like five, five, six. Something like that. Yeah, you know, a lot of guys are like in the the semi-automatic, you know, type, you know, AR platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely a, a popular way to go. Um, there's there's a lot of bolt guys too. Two two three five five six. Two oh four is pretty popular around for that as well. Um, I mean, I think there's people that shoot them with seventeen WSMs, but two two three and five five six ammo is always a little bit easier to get a hold of. When uh, when you're out, and I don't know how much coyote hunting that you do or have done, but uh, it's interesting to me that you know it's just that that little squeak that you make that can bring that coyote in for miles. Yeah, so um, I hunted with a gentle, an older gentleman that uh, he he's a heck of a coyote hunter, and I had to great some great opportunities with him, and you know it's it's. It's not as easy as a person thinks, right? There's a lot of things that that can go wrong, and there's a lot of things that have to go right. And when uh, when when you're running like you know lucky duck calls or primos calls, and there's different sounds, and there's some that have tails, and some where it spins, and yeah. there's some guys that are using dogs as bait, basically, you know, like the, as decoys, you know, not as bait. We're not, we're, they're not eating. They're not eating the dogs, yeah. but um, you know that they 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 run their dogs out there, and and. Uh, and they train them to do those things, and it's it's really kind of a unique and cool kind of experience. Um, I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think there's a bounty, and I, and I don't think the furs are going for much this year, but um, it's still pretty cheap entertainment. And, yeah, right. Uh, to see those those coyotes, I mean, I remember the, one of the first time I was out. We'd cut. We'd come up over the top of this hill, and and we set up the call. We got our seats, you know, set up, and we we're, were on the sitting on the side of the hillside, and we turned the call on. I mean, like, just like for the bare eye, you could just barely see this dot just screaming across this field. And then it dropped down into this this ditch, and it ran the ditch row. And pretty soon it's like, boom, it's there 40 yards from you. It's like, holy cow, that was fast. <laughs> so uh, it gets your heart pumping, and uh, it, it was it was cool. I mean, we, we had one opportunity where we had our, our call about 20 yards from us sitting on this big boulder and started calling, and we – we were watching this one from a direction and all of a sudden there's three or four standing on the rock where the call is standing. Oh my God. Just like we were not prepared. Like my scope was dialed into like five or six. And I I mean, I could have shot him with open sights. It was that close. So yeah, it's kind of exciting and kind of fun. And um, if you haven't done it, I mean, there's a ton of YouTube videos and uh, I'm sure you know somebody that has done it. Yeah. And goes, I've, uh, I've, camped out you know you camp out in the mountains and you never know what you're gonna hear 
and the 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 cackle and the howl of a coyote or a pack of coyotes, man, that just that'll raise the hair on the back of your neck. Yeah, quick as nothing. No, it's it's I don't know. Anytime you can get outside and experience, you know, we 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 talk about you know the the cabin up on the mountain, and we got a game camera up there, and you know we had a mountain lion come through there again, and so and and this one looked a little bit bigger than the last one. Yeah, I'm telling you <laughs> what, it looked like it should have been on like a safari in Africa. The way it, you know it looked, like yeah. it was that big, it was just big. Yeah, but. it was cool. I was I was surprised. You know that one that one picked up off the game camera at probably sixty or seventy feet or eighty feet somewhere in that ballpark and. I was looking at that picture going, well, why is my game camera going off? And, like, you kind of look in the trees and, like, oh, that's why there's a big kitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, uh, obviously, you know, even up on Casper Mountain, there's all kinds of things running on. You know, the coyotes and bears and uh, oh, tur- mountain lions. Turkeys. And, and I mean, oh. I, yeah, I was up there the other day, and I was cleaning out my one of my sheds and i was in there for a little while and i jumped out of the shed and there's two turkeys like five feet from me like you know just <laughs> i'm like i gotta be a little more careful about jumping <laughs> out in and out of the shed yeah. although if you need your thing your uh, christmas turkey you've got that taken care of right <laughs> well no it, it didn't happen that way <laughs> oh, all right all right all right well get out and, and enjoy it and uh, obviously if you need calls or stuff like that, you guys carry coyote calls yeah we've got a good selection of uh primos and lucky duck and and just to hand squeakers and howlers and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Wyoming 